Cinderella is about to go dancing, and it's our time to pick the teams. It is time once again for the All Andy Alford Bracket Challenge, right here on the Anchor Network. Join us on ESPN's Bracket Challenge as you have an opportunity to win a prize. Yes, lunch on all Andy Alfred. The requirements are as follows. You get two brackets. Your final four must be perfect, and you must have the national championship correct in order to win the free lunch by yours truly and to be on the podcast. More information to come on the Twitter account and on Facebook. The All Andy Alfred Bracket Challenge 2023. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network right here on Spotify. As you are listening to the plethora of platforms right here on Apple Music. Google Podcasts, on Spotify, Bleaker, and Stitcher. However you listen to our show, wherever you take in our show, thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning into the show tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. Good evening, everybody. This is Andy Alfred, the host of the podcast, All Andy Alfred. And you're listening to a special edition of All Andy Alfred tonight right here on the Spotify network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen to our show tonight, wherever and whenever you're listening to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Tonight is a special edition of All Andy Alfred as we reconnect with an old friend of mine, Nick the Money Man DeVera, as we will div- dive into the NFL, especially with the Bears and the Lions, as well as diving into Major League Baseball, a little bit of the NHL, and some video game news. Follow both of us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred, and follow Nick on Twitter, which is at NickOfEbre, at N-I-C-K-O-F-Y-P-R-E-S. So sit back, relax. Tonight's show is unedited, uncensored, and full of content. Without further ado, let's start the show. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, Say what? Money. I'm global dollar dollar. 
It's time for Andy and Money right here on the Anchor Network. We bring in a familiar voice to the All Andy Elford Network right here on Spotify as we welcome in the one, the only, a member of the Canadian prominence, I would say. He's not a member of Parliament, but he's got the certificate. It is my old broadcast partner, the one, the only, Nick the Money Man Devera. Good evening to you, Nick. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It is good to hear your voice. It's been such a long time since we've gotten gotten together, and it's just great to be on the air with you tonight and, you know, to pick your brain and, you know, to see what's happening in your life as well as what's happening in your sports life, too. And, uh, you, know, it, you know, it's truly a pleasure to be with you tonight. Well, it's certainly great to be back. Yeah, it is certainly great to be back. We're in the pro. This is like the best time of the year in sports. You've got the winter sports that are finishing up. You've got baseball around the corner. You got March Madness that's happening in the next for the next three weeks. And then you've got for me golf with the Masters at the at the beginning of the beginning of April. I mean, it's just it's a perfect it's a perfect sports tornado of excellent sporting events. To come and you know, I, I wanted to have you on the program tonight to talk about you know talk about a few things. I know you have a lot to talk to ask me about tonight as well. But uh, first and foremost, I want to get into it because it's freshly in the mind. This whole situation with the, with the Chicago Bears. Now the Bears trading away the number one draft pick to the Carolina Panthers for two players and the Carolina pick at nine. Uh, I want your thoughts on this on this trade, and I also want your thoughts on how you feel about Justin Fields now being given the keys to the kingdom in Bear Kingdom to you know be the quarterback of the Bears' future. Well, uh, I think uh, you're going to groan and probably roll your eyes, but I think the Bears uh, could have gotten more of a return. I know a lot of people say that the King Poles fleeced the Panthers. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the return. I, they, they basically, instead of getting a third first-round pick, they got E.J. Moore, the outstanding wide receiver, who I think will be a great number one. They now have a, a solid wide receiver core. It's it's not it's not elite, but you know D.J. Moore is a fantastic wideout, a great number one, very versatile. They have uh, Moody at number two, and they have Chase Claypool at number three. Which I don't think it's a top like five receiving core, but it's definitely I think top twelve. It's it's very solid for what uh for what the Bears need. Uh, my dream scenario was to trade down number two with Houston and then trade down number four with Indianapolis to get like a just a slew of uh, first round picks. But of course, they did the aforementioned trade with uh, you know, Carolina, as you brought up, and they, they, they now have number nine, which you know they they. You know, they went into this offseason and they had uh, the, the most cap space in the league and a slew of draft picks. But, but make no mistake, uh, you know, the Bears really don't have a team put together. A few a few good pieces here and there, but, you know, they have a lot of work to do. They, they have improved a bit. You know, they got they, they, the free agency first day. They got two linebackers, a guard, uh, an edge rusher, which does help the defense a lot. Um 
but need help on the offensive line. I'd say maybe even have to rebuild it. I, you know, I, I would get five new starters somehow. Can the rumor to go get, uh, you know, Junior Brown or Brown Junior, uh, the free agent. But I, I'm happy with uh, with the return at number nine. I, I think that they'll be okay. And even if next year, if they're not that good and they decide to build, simply isn't the guy. You know, Carolina probably won't be that great either. So they potentially have two picks in the top 12 next year if, uh, if things go sour. Uh, as far as Justin Fields, you know, I don't get to watch a lot of Bears games. Uh, you know, living out of market, I don't have a Sunday ticket. And then when they were on national TV, I either had to work or uh, I had obligations at home. Uh, you know, I, I'm not quite 100% sold on Justin Fields like a lot of uh, other Bears fans, and Bears media, and even the national media is. I, I feel like Justin Fields still has plenty of room to grow, and I do like that he's a runner. Uh, definitely needs to work on his uh, passing game for sure. I, I don't think anybody really ever argued that. But he also had no team around him. The O-line was terrible. He had, like, one good wide receiver. Claypool didn't really play that much after the trade deadline. They gave him that pick to Baltimore, which, or, I'm sorry, to Pittsburgh, which ended up being the number 32 pick, which is kind of an overpay for a number three receiver. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's, that's out of my hands, personally. Yeah. Um, but uh, so far, so good. You know, you still have, they still have about 50 million cap space to play with, which is the most in the NFL still. Uh, and they have, uh, you know, I think, uh, I, I don't know the quite exact number, but they have a, a pretty good pick of draft uh, capital left for the draft in end of April, I believe it is. Yes, it is. In the end oh. of April in Kansas City. Okay. So, they, I mean, they have, you know, they can always trade down and get more picks. I think they're going to keep the number nine pick this year. Mm-hmm. But I could see them trading down some of their, you know, other later rounds for more picks and, uh Hey, and maybe a team will come a calling for number nine, and they can trade that down, get more first rounds. You know, Justin they traded up for Justin Fields. They they got the number ten pick from New York a few years back, and that cost them two first round picks. So if you get a team desperate enough, there's always room for more uh, for more draft capital. But you know, so far, so far, I'm seeing what Poles is doing. The general manager and they have you know the, the Bears front office actually is uh, structured where they have Ryan Poles, the GM, and Ian Cunningham as the assistant general manager. And uh, Poles previously was the director of pro personnel for the Chiefs, and Cunningham was the director of pro personnel uh, for the Eagles. So they have two guys who are who are keen on scouting and running that front office in Chicago now. And uh, you know, I with with the Bears, you know, it's the same way I feel about uh, the White Sox and the Bulls up until they got rid of Garpax was. It's very cautious, optimistic, and I, I never give them the benefit of the doubt because they haven't earned that yet. But so far, I'm, I'm liking what, what the Bears have done, but, you know, uh, we'll have to wait and see till free agency is over and draft and how they do because, honestly, uh, you know, some of my, my fellow Bears fans are, you know, aiming for like a 9 or 10 win season, but I, I feel like even though with as much roster work as the Bears need to do, if you have all of that draft capital and all of that cap space, th- there's no reason why the Bears should not be a legitimate contender, uh, not only for the North, but, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, but you have all these resources. And if you come up short next year, like not even win the North, I, I think it might be considered a, a failure, you know. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's, that's, 
that's the thing I kept seeing about Ryan Poles on Twitter a couple times uh, in the past month. That they got the number one pick was, I guess, this offseason will, will show us if, if Poles is the guy. You know, if he spends all this money, all this draft picks and, on these players, and they finish eight and nine or whatever, that was it. You know, what good is he? Like, what he wasted, he squandered all of those those resources. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how. The Bears offseason continues. I mean, I love. I-, I honestly thought the first of all, going back to what you were saying about the about the trade for the picks, I thought it was a good move in some aspects. I know that you know I- you have you don't see the Bears that often. You don't get a chance to watch it. But what the games that I have seen, especially against the Lions, you know, Fields now that with them having a wide receiving core, they won't have to rely on Fields to run as much. There's going to be a little bit more of an opening. I think they need to go more into the offensive line than anything else. Uh, they need to sure up and to give Fields the time in in the pocket to throw, and then use that option to run at the same time. So I think I honestly think if if it, if it was me, I think you go after a defensive uh, an offensive lineman, a good offensive lineman at that nine pick, and then you know you're absolutely right. I think you just trade around, see if you could move down a little bit more into, into the draft. But I think that. They gave when when that happened when that happened I think that Fields got the got the green light and they're gonna say, Alright, you're the guy, you're our number one. Show us what you can do. Because if it if it comes to show that, you know, he just becomes a bust towards the end of this of his entry level contract, you know, it's just gonna be it, it's gonna be something else. And they're going to have to go back to square one, and it's going to be another rebuild system. And you're exactly right; it could be a failure towards this, what this what this administration has. Yeah, no, I agree, ten percent. Um, I, I think that O line is their most critical need as of now. Um, luckily, if they do have to do a rebuild, which is certainly a possibility, I'm not saying they're not going to. I'm not saying they're going to have to. But uh, illustrating your point is, uh, luckily, they, they structured so far, the free agents that they do have, a lot of the money, the big cap hit, is front-loaded. A lot of it's in year two of these contracts they've given out. Mm-hmm. So they do have to say, you know what, this just this just isn't working. These guys are, are gelling. The offense stinks. The defense is terrible. We're finishing last place again. You know, they do have the option to cut these guys in 2020, after 2024. Uh, but to that point, I would hope that Ryan Poles and Cunningham and whoever else is shown the door because I think in the NFL, you really only get one chance at a rebuild. Uh, you know, I don't think you should be around for two or three. Two or three. That's why, that, that's why they got rid of Ryan Pace because Ryan Pace, uh, you know, spent years re-gutting the team. They won the division in 18, and then it just kind of fell apart. And that's why they said, no, you, you've had your chance. You, you got to go. And I feel like that's the same treatment that Poles or any general manager should get. But, yeah, I do agree with you 100%. They, they need to build, I, like I said, they need to rebuild basically the old line. If they can get five new starters to free agency, trade, draft, whatever, that'll help a lot. Because you bring up a good point. You know, if he has protection in the pocket, he doesn't have to scramble. He can just work on it. work on it. And, with, um, and the receivers that he's got now, from these, from these, from the picks, and from and from the trades that they have made, I think it's going to really help the the help him throw the ball a little bit more, 
into you know into into the field instead of having to find the wide receiver and then can't find it because the pockets collapse and he has to scramble and that's where he gets injured more when you're scrambling and you know that's going to be an interesting play for for fields next for next season yeah, for sure. Uh, because, you know, last year, number one was, uh, I can't see his first name. I think it was Equiclius. Yeah, I think Equiclius. Yeah. St. Brown. I mean, yeah. that that's no number one. Darnell Mooney is a great number two, mm-hmm. but, he, but he's no number one. Yeah. So I, I do agree that, you know, and Cole Komet is a great tight end who's a good, you know, flourish last year. He was kind of held, you know, I thought he was, he was the, they drafted him out of Notre Dame a few years back. And I thought he was a bust, but you know he was a naggy system who uh, we called we called him the the bald fraud in Chicago because he wasn't this offensive genius that he claimed to be. But Cole Komet is uh, kind of had a nice year last year, and I think that they you know him and uh, Mooney and uh, you know uh, DJ Moore could be three great offensive weapons. Plus they have a you know, the new new running back, her, uh, Cleo Herbert who uh, stepped up this year. So, like I said, they do have pieces here and there, but there's still just so much work to be done on, on the Bears roster. Yeah, absolutely. There's, absolutely. there's more work that needs to be done. And now, turning to something else really quickly, I know, and sure. I know you, wanted, you wanted to talk about, you wanted to ask me about the Lions. What do you have your question on the Lions? On the Lions, because I know you you were you were you were wanting to talk about the Lions, and I'll, I'll give you my opinion on the Lions here. Sure. So uh, this is something I ask everybody, and it, it comes off as kind of snarky, but I, I promise it's it's. I ask this question to everybody, Lions fans or not, in one hundred percent earnest and in honesty. But. So the Lions are kind of like the the opposite of the Jets. So the Jets started off hot and fade down the stretch. The Lions started like one one and eight, one and seven, one and six, and then and they finished nine and eight. So my question to most Lions and other football fans is, you know, the Lions are projected to win the North next year. Everyone says, oh, they just need a defense and they're gonna they're gonna be unstoppable. Blah blah blah. What makes everyone so sure that the second half season Lions are the true Lions and the first half Lions aren't the true Lions? Like, what makes everyone so sure that the second half Lions didn't overachieve and the first half Lions just, you know, underachieved? Like, what, what is, what is the mindset? What is the analytical critical thought process on that well my thing on the lions is this you know they started off absolutely terrible at the beginning of the season last year and for me dan campbell was basically almost feeling like he was going to be shown the door for how bad you know how big of an expectation this team had and then it to start at one in six was just was just an absolute slap in the face to a lot of us Lion fans, in my opinion. But then, you started to feel like the team was starting to believe more into Dan Campbell and to believe into the system. Because, you know, the, the first seven games, they were just being absolutely, you know, blown out, beaten up, absolutely, you know, a- absolutely just ran out of the building. Now, once they got into the Dan Campbell system, you know, they started to play, it started to click. Everything started to click for them. And 
for me, those two wins, the sweep, for me, the best thing this season, besides the Bears, we sweeping the Bears, the best part of the whole season was the op- was that we swept, we swept Green Bay. We haven't done that in so many years. And to give us the opportunity to honestly, in week 18, to play for a possible playoff spot when we weren't even projected to make the playoffs was an absolute astonishment. Absolute astonishment because the players started to believe in Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell's offense and defense. Now, I will say this. The trade the trade to Minnesota, I think is was a was a big loss when they when they lost a Hawkinson. And but they have Aiden Hutchinson, who is still there. And you know, it's going to be a rallying point of the team. And now you will have a full you had a full season with Jared Goff. A full <clears throat> season now. Now you have you now you're gonna have year two with Goff. You have remember you have the Ram pick at five. All right, yep. you could go out and get a number one receiver or one. I think what they need more is uh, somebody on the defensive side of the ball because to play with Hut with the play with Aiden Hutchinson, and if that's the case, to be honest with you, Nick, we will see something. I think if if this is for real, th- I think this team. Going back to your original question, I think this Lions team, I think will finally has finally clicked, has found the right voice, and has found the right guy to win. I honestly think so. I honestly think. Yeah. So. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You're fine. I think. Yeah. You, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I, I remember, speaking of, of of Jared Goff, I remember I was basically crucified online when I said when they made that trade, I said Detroit got the better quarterback. Uh, you know, Stafford, it was a, it, I mean, it, the proof is in the pudding as far, as far as I'm concerned that Stafford is a systems quarterback. He went to a team that was stacked and uh, with offensive genius head coach and Sean McVay. And he finally wins. You know, when they got that trade, I said, damn, Detroit guy, the better quarterback and two first-round picks? I said, man, I'd make that trade any day. Yeah, and I think that they made the right trade. They made the right move. I think they've got – I honestly think they've got the best – I think one of the best coaches out there right now, especially because he's a young guy. He knows He knows what this team is going to be. And, you know, for me, I was more afraid of the whole hard knock situation at the beginning of the season when they got picked to be hard knocks last year. I thought, oh God, that's just like the kiss of death. You know, when you get when you get picked for hard knocks, that means you're not gonna you're not gonna do shit all season. And for me, that was that was a total polar opposite. Sure they started off one and six, but they finally found the right thing. And I like I think they need to go out and get more on the receiving end to help golf the the to play more, but you know the Lions themselves, I think, are in good standing. I really do think they're in good standing. Do I see them winning the division this year? Yeah, but you know you've got Minnesota that's still going to be there. You've got and those are I think in between the Lions and the Minnesota that's going to be who's going to be battling for the division because 
no offense to the Bears, you know, that I think they're just a year away from being there, and we don't know what the whole situation is with Green Bay. We don't know the situation. And the perfect thing for me, the perfect thing for me was that the last game of the season for Green Bay was against Detroit. Detroit knew they weren't going to be playing for the playoffs, so they basically screwed the pooch and kicked Green Bay out of the playoffs, and it was the last game, I think, that we saw with Aaron Rodgers as a Green Bay Packer. And I think uh, this is what I'm going into my next thing. I think we're seeing Aaron Rodgers in a New York Jets uniform this year. I think it's more or less we're going to find out tomorrow on the Pat McAfee show because he's going to be on with McAfee and all them tomorrow at around 1 o'clock. He's got. He, they're already promoting the hell out of it right now. Say that he's got the. He's going to make the decision. I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think what he came out today with a list of what receivers he wants, and two of the two of the four receivers he wants, he used to play with at Green Bay and our our free agents and Randall Cobb and Alan Lazar. Lazar has already been signed today by the Jets. So, if that's a tall tale sign, you're going to get Cobb. And he also wants Odell Beckham Jr. He wants OBJ in a Jet uniform. I, you're, you're giving, you're, so, the Jets, I think, in my opinion, if they go and give this all to Aaron Rodgers, it's basically like if, it's like what happened with Fiat Chrysler and Jeep, if you build a plant and you hire all the people, sure enough, we'll I'll come in and we could build Jeeps here. If the when the city wanted to build the Jeep plant, I mean, that, you're just basically giving him the whole team to run for himself. So I, I I think he's a jet. I feel bad for Mike White. I feel bad for the I feel bad for some of the Jet fans. You know, they're gonna there's some fans that are gonna be like. Well, we should have, you know, stick with the youth and leadership. But then now you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers who now has to, well, if he does sign with the Jets, faces the New York media because the New York media is much, much, much more ridiculed than the Green Bay media when you were out in Green Bay. Number two, you actually have to play in preseason games and also set up for for training camp. And because you got to get used to all the players that you're with instead of taking the time off to take the Ashwazanica or whatever the hell you're taking and number and being and being the darkness zone and number 3 you know you got to take away the dream of you being the host of Jeopardy or whatever else you want to do because you're in the New York media and you're playing in East Rutherford New Jersey in the Meadowlands with the Jets so i think in my opinion we're gonna get the announcement tomorrow. We're gonna to get we're gonna get him being in a in a jet uniform, and it's it's just gonna happen. But I want your take on that. Well, I, I think you kind of worded it perfectly there. Yeah, I mean he's gonna he he's basically holding both teams ransom, which is awesome that he's kind of you know screwing the Packers over. Um, 
I, I don't know if the Jets signed all those guys. I mean, they, I mean, you really want you know OBJ and all that drama and you know Aaron Rodgers is a diva himself, you know, and mm-hmm. he, he's going to do the Jets. I, I was talking to our, our mutual friend uh, who was a Jets 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 fan earlier on, on Facebook, and I said I said two things. I said he's going to do to the Jets what Favre did. I said, and please just don't give up a million draft picks to the Packers just to suck and give them all this draft capital. But I, I think you're right. He's going to be, he's not going to like playing in New York because they're going to get on him. New York media is very brutal. Uh, it's second to none, the Philadelphia's media for sure. Yeah. You know, Green Bay is, you know, they, he's, he's their guy, so they're not ever going to push back anything Aaron Rodgers ever says and does. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're, he's going to have to, like he said, go to training camp and OTAs and preseason, just get the rhythm. And, you know, and I, I think that uh, the Jets, you know, this isn't the Aaron Rodgers of five years ago. If this is 2018, 2019 Rodgers, I'd think, wow, the Jets Jets could actually, you know, because AFC is, and AFC is much tougher than mm-hmm. NFC, too. AFC, if you like Kansas City and Cincinnati and Baltimore and, and uh, Buffalo, and you know the Chargers, they get their their act together, and you know now they got Sean Payton coaching in Denver. I mean, they, they got a tough uh, a tough conference. The NFC, you just kind of got to wiggle your way through. Uh, with all due respect to the Lions, them and uh, the Vikings and the Eagles, I mean, it, it's much tougher to win in the AFC. You think about it in that in that division, you've got Josh Allen, you got Tua, and you got Mac Jones. You've got three young quarterbacks that are abs- that are absolutely tearing up the league in some aspects, and now you add an Aaron Rodgers. And if you add an Aaron Rodgers to the Jet organization, think about that division. That's going to be something. Yeah, that's uphill battle for sure. The Jets were already probably. Uh... Maybe other than New England, they were already at best the third best team in that division, as you said. With uh, you know Tua Tagovailoa and the uh, I can't ever say his name and the, and the Dolphins, and then you know Josh Allen, who's you know a stud, and you know Buffalo and Sean McDermott's a great coach, and they've got the organization you know fire, firing all cylinders, and you know I, I feel like he's going to go there, and you know what do they do if they if they get. You know, Rodgers and his, his boys in there, and they, they finished, you know, eight, nine, or, you know, 10, 10 and seven, or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, writing at, at MetLife at the, at the, at the Meadowlands. Yeah, it's going to be, in- it'll be interesting to see how they, how this all shakes out to being what it is. But, you know, for me, the dangerous thing is if he goes to the AFC, I think, you know, the a- NFC, you know, is wide open. It's really wide open, and the to just to give your thoughts a little bit briefly on how you, I know it, I don't know how you if you watched it or not if you got a chance to watch a little bit of the Super Bowl, you know Patrick Mahomes winning another winning another Vince Lombardi Trophy, um, your and you know the Chiefs winning three out of the last five years, you know, do you do you think that this this team is a dynasty team? Oh yeah, I mean the fact that they've gone to, as you said, what five AFC title games yeah. and two Super Bowls. You know, they beat the Niners and they beat uh, you know, they they just beat uh Philadelphia. They lost to Tampa Bay, but yeah, I I'd say that uh, you know that's a dynasty. 
You know, you know, usually some people think that like, you know, three peats or, you know, four of, you know, four of six. But I mean, as far as, uh, you know, AFC goes, you're definitely like the AFC dynasty, if nothing else. And, you know, I don't see anybody upsetting, um, Kansas City. You know, I, I thought for sure this was the year that Burrow was going to go back and, lead the Bengals to the Super Bowl, but no, they got stuffed by the Chiefs. I know they, they beat them last year, I believe, in the title game, yeah, but, title you, know, uh, you know, it's just, AFC is just so tough. I, I can't believe any premier free agent or quarterback would want to go to an AFC team that's not, you know, not Kansas City. I mean, even, even like the not-so-good AFC, the, the after-alls are, you know, Baltimore is still a good team, and, you know, they it's just I don't know. I, I would go to the NFC. I I'd hedge my bets against, you know, Philadelphia, Dallas, Minnesota, Detroit, San Francisco than I would against Kansas City, Baltimore, Cincinnati, um, you know, Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm just looking it up right now because I'm just curious for the New York Jet Roth New York Jet uh schedule for this upcoming season. So the twenty twenty three season looks like this. Uh let me pull it up here really, really quickly. Here it is. So the 2023 opponents for the New York Jets are as follows. They will have home, they'll have home games in their division, of course, with the Bills, Miami, and New England. Sure. And then yeah. I'm looking here really quickly, pulling it up as I speak. So then they'll also play... They'll also play the fourth place finishers in the AF in the AFC, which would be uh, nine, AFC. Nine, nine home opponents. They'll play Kansas City at home. That's mm-hmm. a key one right there. They'll play Kansas City at home. They'll play the Chargers at home. They'll play Houston at home. They will play at Atlanta. They'll play the defending. They'll play the defending NFC champion Eagles, and then the Washington Commanders. The road games. The road games are as follows. The road games for the Jets are they're in Dallas. They're in. They're basically it's a home game because they're playing the, the NFC East. So they'll play the Giants. They go out to Denver to play Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. They go back to Cleveland to play the Browns. They go to Vegas to play the Raiders, and then they have Buffalo, Miami, and the and the and the and the Patriots. Yes. So if you look at it, you're playing the defending champions. You're playing also at home the NFC defending champion. And if you are, if you do get Aaron Rodgers, you know that says a lot. Yeah, and my biggest criticism of Rodgers, and this is something that I get scoffed at by uh, you know Packer fans a lot, is if if you look at Packers matchups throughout the years, uh, you know the Packers anytime they they've had to play a real team, like an actual like legitimately good football team, they lose. They they haven't beat the Niners in years. They always lose to the Niners. They lose to the Patriots. They had Brady. Uh, you know, they, 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 they've kind of mopped up on the North. You know, they beat the Vikings every year. They beat the Lions every year. They suit the Bears almost every year. I can't, I think, I think 2018 was the last time the Bears 
beat Green Bay. So that's been, what, five years already? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rodgers benefited from a weaker conference and, you know, mopping up on, on loser teams. Now he's going to go play in a tougher conference against a tougher schedule. Mm-hmm. The Jets with him might only win, you know, five or six games this year. You know, with all the tough teams they got to play, home and away. And, and looking also really great, briefly on on the Bears. The Bears' schedule is out, of course, as well. They'll have their home games against Green Bay, Minnesota, and then Detroit. And then it looks to be... Yes, I'm pulling it up as we speak right now. I think you have... Of course, it would do that on me right now. All right, here we go. So you have home games against the, the NFC North teams, but then you also have... Home games against Atlanta, Carolina. You play the you play the Raiders at Soldier Field, and then you play the Chicago Cardinals. I mean the Arizona Cardinals again, and then your road games are at New Orleans, at Washington, at Tampa, and then the last one looks to be against. Uh, you're playing it. You're playing NFC South and AFC West opponents. So you're okay. playing the Chargers. You play the at the Chiefs. You play the defending champions at Arrowhead this year, and you have a game against the Browns. All right. So, so, so it seems like the Bears' schedule is they're either playing like these absurdly tough teams. Or they're playing a bunch of other has-been teams. teams. Yeah, 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 they have last-place schedule, of course. So they'll play the last-place opponents, which is an easier schedule for in some aspects. But at the same time, too, when you're playing, uh, you're playing a new Saints team that's going to have Derek Carr. You're going to have you're playing the you're playing against the Broncos with now with a Sean Payton running the offense. You have a Raider team that just got Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback today. And then you don't know what Kyler Murray's going to do out there in Arizona, but he's there. Cam, you don't know what's going to happen with Carolina because Carolina is going to have has the number one pick. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The, but hey, the, you know those those tough opponents, the Chargers, the 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 Chargers, the Chiefs, the the Broncos. You know, I, I think Derek Carr is a good. I think Derek Carr gets uh, talked down to. I think Carr's a solid quarterback. He was a guy who uh, I had hoped the Bears had gotten you know, years ago, back when they were you messed around with Dalton and Foles and you know, all them. I wanted to go get Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I I, I do think that. Um, it certainly would be a good, a good. Uh, they say for Rogers too, and the Jets, if that's what comes to fruition, it's a good, it's a good test. To see how they stand up. You know, if if they get blown out by all these these good teams, then it's like wow, they they are kind of they are kind of bad. But uh, you know, even if they lose and they hold their own, you know, there's I guess there's moral victories, but those don't really count, you know, in the standings. But it'd be good gauge to see where they're at. Again, I don't know how good or bad the Bears will be. Yeah. I don't I don't give them the benefit of the doubt because I've been a Bears fan since two thousand five and they certainly have not earned it in in my life as a fan, fifteen and sixteen years, whatever it's seventeen years or it's been. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, yeah, like you said, we talk about the Lions a, a bit ago. You just, you just don't know what the Bears are yet. But it'll be a good good strength uh, strength of uh, you know test how good they are. Yeah, exactly right. So if you don't know me, me and Nick, this is Nick the Money Man Devere, my old broadcast partner, right here on All Andy Also tonight on Spotify on all the podcast networks. Nick has uh. Nick has something to do because at the beginning of each season, me and Nick decide we make a a friendly a friendly wager between two colleagues, uh, between the Bears and the Lions, and what if if the Bears sweep the Lions, then it's then I have to sing Bear Down, and which is what you hear on the intro to my podcast. Well, on the other side of the coin, if the Bears ever get swept by the Lions. And, lo- and then Nick here has to sing Gridiron, Gridiron Heroes for for the podcast. Well, this year, my friends, Nick has to pay up. He has to sing Gridiron Heroes for for the show tonight. So, Nick, I will just turn it over to you for right now. All right, and uh, I, like I said earlier, I I'm, I don't I might miss a line or two, and for that I'm not trying to be facetious. I just you know I might have slipped my mind, but uh, I am ready to go whenever you are. Go ahead, I'll go ahead. I'll let you leave. <laughs> All right, forward down the field, a charging team that will not yield, and when the blue and silver wave. Stand and cheer the brave. Rah, 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 rah. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will bring us fame. fame. Down the field and gain a Lions victory. Go Lions! The man has paid his due, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to all Andy Alford tonight right here on Spotify, right here with the plethora of platforms. Whether it be on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much. We've got a lot more to talk to with Nick. Of course, we're now going to hit into the diamond, talk a little bit of baseball, especially with Nick because he's got a he's got a bit of a dumpster fire happening over in Chicago with the Chicago White Sox. One, and that went about as well as you would have expected. To go, I get. I get the general premise of it was that well, this team is built so any idiot can manage a team. Uh, but the Russos somehow managed to uh, to be an idiot and not manage. For, they they did win the division in twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. They finished at five hundred. Uh, about a month or so left in the season he was forced to quote retire slash step away however you want to you know call it uh Miguel Cairo took over and now they have Pedro Grafal as manager uh but the White Sox have the uh they're in the good spot that they uh have all the money tied up and they really couldn't do much to fix the team um so they are you know, they went bargain bin. They have uh, Larry Garcia. It's probably the well, no, they I shouldn't say they did sign, uh, you know, Andres to be the second baseman. But you know, they have a rookie and right field. They have question marks all over the rotation. Uh, the bullpen guys are coming back from injury, hit or miss. Uh, the lineup is not what it should be. You have guys who are question marks and often injured, and 
you know, the team, the team really just, uh, it is, it is a dumpster fire. And that's why I believe I told you that over, over text. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're actually, they, they put up a billboard in Chicago that said, Jerry, sell the team. And uh, I, I do feel like that is the best way to go. See, for me, Nick, I think I, I kind of disagree with you a little bit of this about this. You've got, I think you've got probably some of the best pitching that you got with Mike Clevenger in the on the on the bump. You got Dylan Cease that's going to be there too, uh, in the in rotation. You got Giolito that's going to be now into the swing. You know. You got Liam Hendricks that's there too. I mean, you've got great pitching. It's just about your defensive, uh, defensive play. You got Yasmani Grandal as a catcher, of course, and you've got Tim Anderson in, in at shortstop, and you also have Elvis Andrus at shortstop as well. And you got Andrew Benatendi out in left field as well as Jake Berger, who's, you know, I think one, probably a, a, a diamond in the rough right there for you guys. I mean, you guys got something going, but to be back to your point of you saying that this might be might be a dumpster fire, you might you might be right in some aspects, but I think this team is looking pretty looks pretty pretty good on paper for right now. But you play the game on the field, not on not on paper. That that's correct. And you know, a couple points with the rotation is uh, you know. I I will say there is potential for this team to uh, to be halfway decent. You know uh, the Atlantis Lynn uh, and Cease, who you know Cease, you know has breakout year. Cease, of course, they got from the uh, the Cubs and the Jose Quintana trade years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, he's about the only one I know for sure should be decent. You know, Lance Lynn was injured last year. He pitched. He's pitching for Team USA in the uh, in the World, in baseball, the World class. baseball Classic. He actually, he pitched pretty good the other night. I have to give him that. Uh, you know, Giolito, who had a bad year last year, you have to hope that he he bounces back. You have Michael Kopech, who uh, got Tommy John, and he he's he 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 will start in rotation, but it's very limited what he'll do. You know, he might even be shut down in, in the year, or they might only have him go for, uh, five innings, uh, you know, start. And then you have Clevenger, who was cleared of his uh, charges for yeah. domestic abuse. Uh, so the rotation certainly does have its – its. there's potential, and I won't argue potential, but going back to what I said, uh, you know, early on in the interview, that uh, you know, they, they don't earn – they haven't earned – the benefit of the doubt. The, the White Sox and the Bears have not done anything to earn the benefit of the doubt. When they have a plan that comes together and they actually do something, then yeah, sure. I'll say, okay, they know what they're doing. Uh, as far as the the nine guys in the field, you, you mentioned Yasmani Grandal. He is uh, he is not the guy he once was. He actually needs leg surgery. But he is waiting to get it for some reason. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> uh, no, he needs back surgery. I'm sorry, back surgery. Uh, no, he, he he needs that, but he's, he didn't get it in the off season for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, they let Jose Abreu walk, and, and I I get the logistics of it because they, they have a ton of first base slash DH types on the roster. Mm-hmm. They're going to move Andrew Vaughn to first base, who actually they drafted him as a first baseman. They've been sticking him in the outfield. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a, a legitimate stud. They have Andrus at second, 
Anderson at third or at shortstop. I'm sorry, third base is uh, Moncada. Moncada. Got to keep Moncada there. Who has potential, but he caught COVID and really hasn't been the same since the last couple of years. Uh, Jake Berger is a potential DH, but he can play you know either corner, first or third. Uh, he has four or five home runs in spring training already, yeah. which is impressive. But you have to take those with the grain of salt. Know, yeah, grain of salt. Uh, yeah, they do have the new left fielder, Ben Attendee, who has the largest contract in White Sox history at five years, 75, uh, which is 15 a year, which is not good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have Luis Robert at, at center, who is a guy who, when he's healthy, is absolutely a stud and a monster, but he's oft injured. Uh, right field is Oscar Colas, who makes me want to have a Coke every time I, I, I see his name. <laughs> And then you probably have Eloy Jimenez, the primary DH. They, they did say they will spell him in the outfield here and there. He can play uh, left, and he's been working on right field here and there in the offseason. So there is there is upside to this team, and I'm not, you know, maybe dumpster fire was a bit harsh. Um, you know, the 2008 season was kind of similar. I remember going into that season thinking, well, if you know, Jose Contreras comes back from injury and Javier Vazquez gets back on track and, you know, these guys they brought in, you know, Carlos Quentin at the time was, you know, a real deal and Swisher and Ramirez and all that were, were legit players. They have a chance at division. And I'm kind of at that point again where – going by past performances not by potential they're probably a 500 team they'll probably finish you know third in the division just the royals rebuilding detroit i don't know what the hell they're doing um which i do got a bone to pick with detroit here in a minute but i'll save that um if everybody lives up to expectations and everybody's healthy and everyone does what they are certainly capable of doing even if it's playing their career Averages their career normals. I, I do think that the the Sox can have a, you know, our Sox can have a, a, a halfway decent year and could win the division. But you know, you, they just they have not earned the benefit of the doubt, and that's that's where I'm at right now. They have a tough schedule to jump at the beginning of the season with four straight games against the Houston Astros. Oh yeah, and, and it's in sure. Houston to start the season. 30th, the 31st, the 1st, and the 2nd of April. Then they come back home to play the Giants for three straight before they head back on the road to play the Pirates for three and then Minnesota for three. They come back to play They come back to play Baltimore, and then they come for a three-game set against the Philadelphia Phillies. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to jump right into the season when you're playing the runner-up and the defending champion. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, have, having to play the Astros to start the season is, is kind of unfair, but somebody has to do it. You know, I think the Giants are, are, are better than most people give them credit for. You know, Pittsburgh and, you know, Baltimore, you know, that's, you know, uh, but Minnesota, they're, they're such, you know, Minnesota last year started so hot and they kind of just faded down the stretch. They're, they're kind of hard to gauge, you know, as, as well. But, um, you know, if, hey, you know, they, they might they might even beat Houston in that series, but I'm not holding my breath, you know. And the, the thing about Houston is that uh, that's where Jose Abreu, the, the longtime captain of the, the White Sox, signed with, so they yeah. get to play Abreu. And uh, I'm willing to bet you one of those games, either the game-winning or go-ahead hit 
is going to come from Abreu. Jose Abreu. Yep, I, I would. I, I might open a FanDuel account just to place a bet on that. Wow. Yeah. For me, Nick, I'm going to tip my hand a little bit here because next week we're getting ready to. We're going to do our. I'm going to do a, a an MLB prediction show for the, for this podcast. But I'm going to get. I'm going to. I'm going to open up the seal just a little bit and just give you what I think about the White Sox. I think they're good this year. Do I see them winning the division? No. I actually think they're going to be at 500. I, I have them winning 81 games this year. That's, yeah, that's about where I have them. About 81 and 81. Sitting, mm-hmm. I have them sitting third in the division. I have them sitting third in the division right now. Uh, I think, in my opinion, the division is just... And no offense to our division because we, like, we both have teams that we both love in this division. But this division's garbage. It really is. It it has become now more and more now. The American League Central used to be the powerhouse with, with the Twins, with the White Sox, with the Tigers back in the day. It has now become more of the laughing stock because you don't you have a team that shows up at least two or three or maybe even four games out of five hundred that clinches the division, barely, and you know it it, it just kind of it kind of just. It, 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 it's kind of sad in some aspects of of what's happened what's happened with the American League Central Division. For me, I'll, I'll I'll give it to you, and this is just a this is just a tip of the hand to those people that do listen to the podcast. The division for me, I have the Guardians in first, Minnesota in second, Chicago at third, Detroit in fourth, and Kansas City fifth. That that's about where I have it. I, I might swap Detroit and Kansas City uh, to bring up a point that you brought up. Um, yeah, you know they used to call back in the in the early early part of the century they used to call it the Comedy Central because the Twins have been division every with about eighty three, eighty four wins. Yeah, uh, Cleveland's about the only solid team in the division. Like, there's, if there's no reason why Cleveland should not win this division by about. Eight nine games this year. I have them at eighty nine and seventy three this year. Okay, all right. I have them winning by at least by at least by that much. I mean, I don't have them. uh, Nobody's going to get to ninety wins in that division. Nobody's going to get to ninety wins in the division. I mean, I mean, it's it's just sad. But uh, I want to bring a bunch of this. I know you're going to talk about it, but you know, this is the last year for Miguel Cabrera. In Detroit, he announced that he's going to be retiring at the end of the season. Um, I know you have thoughts on Miguel, um, and they're not in the good, not in the good or a bad way. But uh, but for me, I think this is. I don't think this is going to be the the year where he gets the final farewell into the playoff system. No, I think he he ends his season in October when the season ends because. Even if they get to, even if he does decide to get to play into October, to the to the end of the season, but uh, yeah, I just don't think the Tigers have anything this year. I think, I mean, the Baez deal has been good and bad in some aspects, but after that, it's just a young team, a very very young team, and that's what that's what worries me the most about this team. I mean, well, yeah, and you know, I, I let me let me speak first about Miguel Cabrera. Um, you know, I for years championed that he was gifted two MVPs that should have gone to Mike Trout, 
And as you know, you you followed me on Twitter for I think since day one. Uh, every time Michael Cooper gets a hit or a home run, I always tweet the infamous, "Wow, he hit that one almost as hard as he hit his wife." Um, so I'm I'm not going to miss him. I don't have a lot of respect for the guy. I'm not going to say you know he's a you know a criminal or a steroid user. I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. Uh, but I have no love for Cabrera. I think his antics were very obnoxious. He used to do the uh, you can't see me thing. And Detroit had a very, uh, no offense to you, a very obnoxious and disrespectful team. Mm-hmm. You know, when Victor Martinez telling the Oakland fans in Oakland to shut up and, you know, Quentin Berry's fist bumps and all that stuff just irritated me. But Detroit, though, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. All, all I heard last off season. Shep, do you ever listen to the X's and Bros? Yes, I do. With uh, Anthony Bellino, yes. Yeah, so I like that show a lot. I actually I like a lot of Detroit radio people because a lot there's a few I like who are actually very like objective. He had Shep on uh, the Tigers play by play man for for Bali Sports Detroit, and Shep had the audacity. To come on the radio last year and say, "Well, I think Trey can win the division," and it's that kind of rhetoric out of nowhere that just makes me just not. I root for that team to not only lose but to just have everything horribly wrong go on. So the last couple of years, I have just I, I've been happier than a, than a pig in you know the S word. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that. Uh, I, I think that they are – I don't think there's 100 games this year, but I definitely think that they're for sure the last place team. Nine, 92 for me. I have 92 losses. Okay. 70, 90, 92. All right. I, I mean, I try more about – well, that'd be 100 losses. I have more like 65, 95, 97, whatever yep. it is. That's right. I mean, if you think about it, you've got a key Badoo that's there at left field. I mean, if you look at the left, you look at the outfield situation. You got Riley Green, Akil Badoo out there, out there in the left field. Center field looks like it's going to be either between Parker Meadows or even Matt Verling. That looks like what it's going to be. And then in the infield, you got Torkelson that you know is now going to be a full year into major league pitching. You've you got... know, can I can I just interrupt you for a second? Sure. Uh, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Yeah. Torkelson will be a bust, just like Casey Mize. Yeah, I agree. He he reminds me so Torkelson reminds me so much of Mike Hessman when it comes to his at bats because he could either he wants to either hit a home run or he'll strike out. Even my wife, that even my wife Amanda says that you know why is you know why is he hacking at the ball and trying to put it into the seats when he should be just when the when he's got runners at scoring position he's thinking home run and nine times out of ten when he was in Toledo here at the Mudhead Stadium he he would have runners at either first or second at first and second and he couldn't deliver he would strike out because he's looking to hit the home run ball you can't have. That home, you can't be looking for the home run ball at all times. No, I mean, no. and then you've got so then you have, of course, you got Manning, you got Michael Lorenzen, who's going to be our new one of our key.
key acquisitions from the offseason. I like Lorenzen when he was with the Reds. He's a great addition to the to the Tiger rotation. I think it's going to help them out a little bit because you've got Lorenzen, Matt Manning, you've got uh, you got Matthew Boyd in the rotation. Um, who else? Got one. I got that's three. I need two more. Two more off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, I mean those of those three right there. Uh, Tyler Holton, who could be who just come over from Arizona this past season. I mean that's four, and then you got a fifth day starter who's going to be probably just plunk and play here and there. Oh, Tyler Alexander, you got to have Tyler Alexander in there. That'll be your fifth day starter. And but other than that, other than that, Nick, I, I just don't. I I just don't see this team, you know, competing this year. I really don't. No, I don't either. And um, while we're on the subject of of the Tigers, um, I I would love to have an all Andy Alfred uh, uh, trip to the ballpark. Maybe we see the Sox and Tigers play. Yeah, absolutely. I love to see, I love to do that. We haven't had one of those in a while. We haven't had one of those in a while. Here's I, I wanted to talk to you about something really quickly. Got on my nerve the other day, and I wanted to I wanted to bring it up to you. I found out so the Mudhens on opening day are playing the St. Paul Saints. Sure, they're playing them in a three game series, the thirty first, the first, and the second of April. I come to find out the next week. The first week of April, which would be the fourth through the fourth through the tenth, in the in the capital city of Columbus, Columbus is playing Charlotte for a seven six game series. That's six the game series? six game series, and that is the closest Charlotte is going to be to the Chicago Land area teams. Everything else is going to be either on to the coast, on the east coast, and down south. That's okay. the furthest furthest west that they're traveling. It's to Columbus, Ohio. I couldn't believe it when I saw it, and I said, "Man, six games, a six game series against against the Clippers, and they're with them having opening day against the Knights." I just couldn't. I I couldn't believe it. I was like, do, do they not come to Toledo anymore? They do they not come to Toledo, Toledo anymore. Yeah, I've noticed they've not been in town the last at least two years. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, breaking news, by the way. Oh. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, which is very relevant to our, our talk earlier, running back David Montgomery agrees to a three-year, eight million dollar deal. That includes eleven million guaranteed. Nice, nice to see. He was, uh, he was the Bears running back there for a couple of years. Okay, okay, I see, I see you. All right, I like, I like seeing, I like hearing that. I like hearing that. But yeah, it it kind of bothered me in some aspects because you could play the Iowa Cubs all they play they play the Iowa Cubs for a six and with minor league baseball I I wanted to make mention of this really quickly. Minor league baseball this year is going to go with the out the robot with the robotic umpiring. Yes. I want your take on that. How do you feel like, how do you feel about that? Uh love it. You love it? Okay. Love it. Now all why time. is that? Uh, because umpires are correct, you know, most of the time, but why not have something that's correct 100% of the time? True. 
That's true. You know, I, but, you uh, know, I like the, I like the pitch clock in spring training too. You like this? Uh, I was going to ask you if you if you like if you like the pitch clock. If you're yes, gonna, I if, like that too. You think that you, and you like that it's speeding up the games? Yes. Okay, great. I mean, I I I don't disagree with you on that. I I like the the fact that they have that, and it's not it's it's actually helping. I think it's actually helping the game more than anything else. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's helping the game out tremendously. And yeah, Toledo does not play Charlotte at all. They play the Iowa Cubs a total of eighteen times. Holy smokes! They play them six times. They play them twelve times in Iowa and six times in Toledo. Wow. I mean, I mean that's that's that that's ridiculous. I, I agree. I agree. Is there a reason why the Knights still play in Toledo anymore? Is it with the new interleague? Yeah, it's the, the new interleague, the new new interleague system that they've got. And for me, it's just the fact that this team is, you know, it it, it, it it's just the whole because they're in the they're in the East bracket. And Toledo's in the West bracket, mm-hmm. and in of the International League, and the International League covers from from as far west as Omaha, Nebraska, to as far to as far east as the as now the the Woo Sox up in Maine. Oh yeah. So I mean, it covers all, and it goes as further further south now as Jacksonville. So, who's uh, who's their who's their uh, affiliate? Who are they affiliated? Jackson Jacksonville. Oh my god. Um, because that's new, right? They have, they the, are they a new team? No, they've been a part of the team. Jack, they're called the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. I swear to God, that's what the name of the team is. Okay. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Who's the parent? Their of? affiliate are the are the Florida Marlins. I I should have figured that was. They come, they're the AAA affiliate of the Florida Marlins. They're in the same. They're in the same thing as the Pensacola Blue Woos and the and the Belmont Skycarps. Okay, okay. I, like, I, know, I like these new names that minor league teams uh, they get now. They they've they've kind of jazzed them up the last like five six years, and I I enjoy it. Yeah, and that, and remember also, uh, and this is a bringing back to a little bit more on the baseball talk of things. Do you believe, and I and I've been saying this on the air a couple for a couple weeks now, especially last week. I watched the A's play the Reds in Las Vegas. They sold out the Las Vegas Aviators Stadium two times. I think we're gonna get the A's to move from Oakland to Las Vegas. They're gonna be called oh, the Las yeah. Vegas A's. Do you yeah. agree with that, man? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, Manfred's. Uh, I think he's he's basically said that that's that's the goal is the Vegas A's, which will be their fourth home in, in their franchise. But it's just it's obviously not working in Oakland. Um, the buildings are yeah, dumb. I, I think, the owners, think, ownership think doesn't want to put there. any money into it. So why not just take take them and 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 sell off what you've got to this ownership group that they that that that. MLB wants to wants to have and take care of it. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I I think the, I think it would be it'd be beneficial 
And I and I do want to ask you one more thing too on the regarding of baseball. Do you like the fact that everybody's playing everybody this year? Yes, I, I like a more balanced schedule. Uh, uh, it's more fair because I mean, think about this way. I guess is you know why why isolate everything ge- geographically? Why I mean, I, I'm glad I'm thankful that the Sox play Cleveland or Detroit 18 times a year. That's games I could potentially watch on television. Although, granted, I haven't really had the time with uh, the family life to watch a lot of you know baseball games, but or sports in general, really. Um, but, you know, just because they're in a city that happens to be located, you know, on the the uh, the West Coast of Lake Michigan, you know, why does that mean they can't play, you know, the Dodgers or the Marlins or the Braves at all? You know, why why wave really? They should be able to play these teams, you know, at least, at least once a year. Mm-hmm. The NBA and NHL figured out don't they? Uh, don't the Jackets play everybody at least at the home and away? Yeah, at least one, one, one of each. Not, everybody uh, in the West when they play in the Western Conference, they play one and one, and then when you play your cross conference, you play them at least three times. So if you're in the Atlantic Division, if Columbus plays Detroit in the Atlantic Division, it's a two-one situation. So you either play two games at Little Caesars. One game at Nationwide or two games at Nationwide and one game at Little Caesars. That's how it all shakes out. And then you play your divisional opponents at the same time. It's an 82-game season for the uh, – uh, an 82-game season in the NHL. And the most of the, the rest of those games are divisional games. But getting yeah. – and a great seg- – by the way, great segue into this really quickly. Great really quickly um as we're talking with nick the money man devera right here on uh all andy Alford tonight right here on the spot on spotify podcast um your thought i mean you were you grew up as a hawk fan you you're still a hawk fan uh you i remember when i called you in 2009 or 2008 when or 2007 when the NHL draft was in Columbus and the and the Jack and the Hawks had the number one pick and I called you and so told you it was Patrick Kane was the number one draft pick and I called you and I remember was, your dad was with you at two at the time when that happened and uh I saw Kane get drafted. I've watched his career his entire life. Uh seeing him win the cups and seeing you celebrate with hit with the cups. Um now being traded to the New York Rangers at the trade deadline. Uh, what's your thoughts on on Patty going to the Eastern Conference and now to the New York Rangers? And your thoughts on on Patrick Kane as a as a Chicago Blackhawk? Because I'm looking actually funny thing right now. I have on my desk right now a hockey card of Patrick Kane as I'm looking right now. Well, it's it's one of those. It's very mixed. Um... I personally am, am very happy for him. You know, they, they basically got rid of any leverage they had and let him pick where he wanted to go. He picked the Rangers. So the Rangers didn't really have to give up anything for him, which, you know, Patrick Kane, a trade going anywhere else, would, would you? he's not the player he once was, but he still gets you a, a good haul for sure. Um, I am I am happy for him. I'm glad he gets to go where he wanted. I'm glad he gets to uh, win a potentially a fourth cup as a, as a player. Um, personally, for me, though, it's sad because, you know, as you brought up as an adolescence, 
uh, you know, he was the number two guy there in Chicago with with Taves when they had the turnaround. And, uh, you know, we've seen the Hawks, seen Columbus play probably, what, four or five times, maybe. Um, Maybe six. I have have it written down somewhere, saved. Uh, You know, a TV, watching them on, you know, MSN, or I'm sorry, NBC Sports and, you know, you know, playing the Jackets and the, the Wings on TV and all the other national games they, they've been on. And, you know, it's sad to see him go. Um, you know, he was honestly, he was he was never the captain, but I think it's safe to say he ended up being a, a better player than, you know, John the Tapes ended up being. Um but yeah, you said it, you said it perfectly. That yeah, you know, I grew up adolescence as a as a Hawks fan, and he was part of the turnaround, going three cups with them. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. He's gonna have his number eighty eight retired in the rafters at some point down the road, um, probably sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Um, probably as soon as he retires, honestly. Um, I don't know how many how many years left he has on his contract, or how many more years he plans on playing. Uh, you know, I am, I am ignorant to that. To uh, be honest, to the to the audience at home listening, uh, but yeah, it's just you know, it's it's sad. You know, I I have nothing else really. It's you know, again, I'm I'm great. I'm happy for him. Grateful for the memories. Grateful for what he did to the organization because you know, a dollar bill works was alive. The organization was uh, uh, well, you know. <clears throat> not very good to say the least you know when i first got into blackhawk hockey uh these finished last place the center of year you know these finished behind you know columbus nashville detroit and st louis every year you know trent yanni was the remember trent yanni oh yeah he was the coach yep. yeah trent yanni was the coach i think the first year i liked him and then they had savard and they had Q. um but yeah so nothing but you know, gratitude and respect and love and admiration and you know any other adjective that mm-hmm. fits fits that uh, fits that for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he wins one with New York. Um, <clears throat> as far as original six teams go, New York's not my personal favorite of all them, but you know, uh, I, I wish him the best. And I, I hope he sincerely. If the, if the Rangers make the playoffs this year, I, which I think they. They are going to make it. Poised to right? Yeah, they're poised to make it. They're poised to make it. First round looks like if they get in, which they are going to probably get in. First round matchup is going to be against the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Well, I if when they when they do get in, which I'm which you know they they probably will. He wouldn't go there if they weren't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm root for him. Not necessarily the Rangers, but you know. But that's just kind of how it is. You root for old friends. You know, when the Niners are in the playoffs and the Bears aren't, I root for them for, uh, you know, my guy, your guy, Robbie. everybody's guy, Robbie Gold. Robbie you know, Solid Gold. Yeah, you know, I hope the Knicks do well this year because they have Derrick Rose on the Knicks this, this year. They still have Joakim Noah on the Knicks or is he gone? Oh, uh, he's gone. Okay, well, I hope that, you know, the Knicks can win one for, uh, for you know, D. Rose and, you know, you hope you know Brady does well. You know it's good to root for. And, and I know it's on Chicago sports Twitter. At least I'm, I'm sure it's universal. And they call it old friend alert. You know you, you root for your old uh, your old friends, your old coaches. You know I still root for Ron Zook wherever he's at. You know 
that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I I totally agree. You you root for you know you root for the players. You root, like for me, I still root for Nick Foligno, even though he's not the captain of the Blue Jackets anymore. He was with Toronto during some during their playoff run. They were fortunately eliminated in the first round. Uh, now he's with the Boston, now he's with the Boston Bruins. This is his second year with the Bruins, and he's becoming a key key uh, key leader with this young team. So I mean, I'm even though Boston's going to probably win the win the President's Trophy this year, I think yeah, they might break the record, right? Oh, they're going to break the record. I think they're definitely going to break the record. They're already clinched. And and yes, by the way, it, um, Joakim Noah does not play for the Knicks anymore. I just had to. Double check it for you. Check it for you right here. But yeah, the Bruins right now with sixty, they have played sixty-five games. They're playing the sixty-six tonight against actually your Chicago Blackhawks, and the Hawks are actually beating the Bruins right now one to nothing. As we're taping the podcast, the Bruins are fifty, ten, and five with a hundred and five points. Wow, that's wild! I can't. I never in my life. Would imagine any team, but I'll, I'll any team doing that. The next closest team to them is Carolina, at forty four, fourteen, and eight. But they only have ninety six points. Yeah, I mean, even even the Taves Kane Hawks teams, I never thought that, or the the Malkin Crosby Penguins, yeah. never ever would imagine a team, you know, would would do that. That's just wow. Yeah, that is, damn. You, you think about that. So the top five. Are Boston, Carolina, the Devils at ninety four points, Vegas at ninety points, and Toronto at eighty eight points. That's the top five. Okay. Okay. And then, so then you have the bottom half, the rounding out the top ten: Dallas, New York, the Rangers, Tampa Bay, your L.A. Kings, who you're gonna go see. You're gonna go see. And yes. then Minnesota, and Minnesota. Right. So that so there's that, and then, and then I gotta go all the way down to the bottom, the bottom dwellers, the bottom feeders, which is the the which is where we're where we're both at. You have Arizona, who has got fifty nine points. You have Anaheim, who has fifty four points. Your Hawks. Who have fifty points in total at twenty two thirty eight and six, so and their goal their goal differential is seventy one minus seventy one. Nice. And then your, then you have San Jose, who are nineteen thirty six and twelve, at fifty points, and then you have my team, the Blue Jackets, at sixty five games played, who are twenty thirty eight and seven. With forty-seven points, are they the worst team in the league? They are the worst team in the league. Uh, do you think? Uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping the the Hawks lose out because they, if they get that, if they can win the draft lottery, no. which, you no. know, they might rig it for no. Chicago. No, they might. They, 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 might they might. But here's the thing: the ping pong balls are in our favor right now. The ping pong balls are in our favor right now. Thirty percent of the ping pong balls that are in the draft right now. Are in favor of Columbus right now at twenty at with them being at there, and then you've got and then you you roll down to San Jose who's at who's got it's got eighteen percent the Hawks who are at fifteen percent it's just depending on who's get who gets the ping pong ball, 
Yeah. Time. Well, remember the NBA rigged the lottery for the Bulls to get Derrick Rose. So I, I believe that Bettman can do the right thing and rig the. Because who's that? I forgot his name. What's that? Connor Bernard. The, yes. Yes. That's why, as us jacket fans, we've been using the hashtag right now, tanking for Bernard. Well, Batman needs to do his thing. Batman needs to do the right thing because it's not only the right thing for me <laughs> and the Hawks. It's the right thing. You have to admit that when Chicago, New York, Montreal, Toronto, Boston, L.A. are good, it's good for the league. I love Washington. it that you. I love it that you never put Detroit in there. I love it. I always love. It. I always love it. Oh no, they can they can finish in last place every year for like here. Fuck them. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> that, that's you know, we, you know, we 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 battle with their AL Central teams. We battle with our NFC North teams. We battle with our NBA Central teams. But one thing that you and me have always, always, always been in lockstep with, and I love about us, is our disdain for the Detroit Red Wings. I cannot stand them. Their fan base, no. their fan base is arrogant. They always bring back to 2008, 2002, 97, and 98. We don't live in the past. You live in today, my friends. Yeah, and if I wanted to watch Red Wings, hear about Red Wings championships, I'd, I'd put on the, you know, the, the History Channel. And you know, my dad, my dad, who is like the king of hating the Red Wings. Yeah. He even brought up a good point a while back. He said Toronto has not won a Stanley Cup in 70 years, yes. and they still have more cups in Detroit. That's true. So don't don't come in with this little town, because I believe Montreal and Toronto have something to say about that. Well, if you look, think about it, the last original sixes won a Stanley Cup, that would be the Boston Bruins, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, they beat uh, the Blues, right? No, yeah, they beat the Blue. No, the Blues beat them. Yeah, and I'm yeah, thinking of the year that they beat Vancouver. Back, yes. Back in Vancouver, Game 7. Oh, no, the Hawks won one since then. Well, Hawks, yeah, oh, yeah. The last one was 15. So, yeah, it's been the Hawks. I'm actually pulling it up right now. On my... Yeah, the Bruins won, what, 2011 or something? Yeah, they 12? won in 2011. And then, remember, they played you guys... In what 2013 or 2014? Yes, they beat yeah, the the Hawks scored those two goals in 15 seconds, or whatever it was. Yep, I remember. I remember that night. I think I w- was out at your our friend Chris Klein, the town drunk of Genoa Center's house, out there, and we were celebrating. We were celebrating, and I was spraying you with champagne that night, or if that was yeah. the night that they won against uh, against uh, Philadelphia. I forget which night that was. But... Oh no, that was the one they beat Tampa Bay. That was fifteen. Oh yeah, that was Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, you spray with with the champagne. You bought that just for me. That was very kind of you. Thank you, thank you. So yeah, uh, it, you know that that was that was some great times. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this season's going to shake. This season's going to finish out um, with regarding of who's going to who's going to get the draft pick and who's going to lift the cup. I. I I, I just have that sneaky suspicion that, you know, Boston is for real. I think that they actually try to break the curse and break the curse this year. But yeah. I, I, I I just don't know. There's It's just so many. And they're the first team to clinch in all the NHL. Yeah. 
And, but if, if you look at where it's setting up right now, you have Boston at the number one overall seed. And then, so looking at the Atlantic, Boston, then Toronto, and Tampa Bay. So it's Toronto and Tampa Bay in the first round with Toronto having home ice as of right now. And then in the Metropolitan, you have Carolina as the number one seed, then New Jersey, and then the Rangers. The first round matchup would be New Jersey, New York, Toronto, Tampa, Boston playing the Islanders, and Carolina playing Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, that... I mean that's pretty damn good as a first as pretty good first round matchups in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of, of playoffs, I, I have not. I, I, I'm just gonna be honest with the the family. I have not watched hardly any any sports the past couple of years, so I'm ignorant on this. But how is uh, the NHL on TNT? And uh, ESPN going. Is it good? ESPN, I, I like the coverage on ESPN. I like what, like I told you, off camera they were doing that big city green matchup. I like that they're incorporating more of the fan, the younger fan element to that. I I do like the broadcasters. Uh, John Butchergross does it. Steve Levy does games. A lot of good broadcasts. And I like that they now incorporate Saturday afternoon as being Saturday hockey days. Where they can they show a double header of games at one three thirty in the afternoon, I do appreciate that. With regarding of TNT, I absolutely love the progress. I love it. It is like TNT, like NBA on TNT, but at the NHL version of it. You've got a lot of the guys that were on the NBC Sports Network, like Liam McHugh doing the game, doing the the host with uh with Anson Carter. At one point, you had Rick Tockett, who was running running ship. Now he signs with Vancouver as their new head coach. So now you have a rotation of Henrik Lundqvist and other players that are taking that fourth spot. And then you have Paul Bissonnette, who I think is the glue, who is the Charles Barkley of the of T, of NHL on TNT because he own he ha, he's a part of the Spitting Chicklet podcast on Barstool Sports. He does he does all this Pink Whitney stuff. He is he used to play with Arizona. Used to play in the East Coast League as well. So to have that a- aspect to it, to have Anson Carter as an aspect to it, and to have Henrik Lundqvist there. And I, I, I just love the TNT broadcast. I love the presentation. They have games on Wednesday night, which is the primetime games on Wednesday night. And they do some, some Sunday games. And I like that the fact that this year's Stanley Cup Finals are going to be run through TNT, not through ESPN. Because it's every alternative year that ESPN will get the... We'll get the Stanley Cup final, so this year it will be through TNT, so they get the full coverage, and they're the ones that are covering the major events like the Winter Classic, the Stadium Series, the Heritage Classic that, that that's taking place. I just absolutely love. I I I think, and I do like, but what fears me the most is what's happening with Bally Sports, and this is coming to the, we're getting closer to the end of the podcast right here on All Andy Alford. What fears me the most, Nick is this whole situation with Bally Sports, them filing bankruptcy. And, you know, it could put a lot of teams out of out of reach for fans. Like 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 here in here in the metro area you can't get you won't be able to get the Guardians, the the Tigers or the Reds. You won't be able to watch the Pistons or the the Red Wings or the Blue Jackets because 
with Bally Sports owning what was left of what Fox Sports Fox Sports was, as well as then turning it over to you know what it was to now what it is with Bally's. It's 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 a, it's a weird time in sports. Yeah, I, I think I, I read that um, MLB is going to stream games in the meantime until they figure something out, which is a nice solution, but that doesn't answer what the NHL or the NBA are going to do. Yeah. Or MLS. MLS has games, too, that are shown on Bally Sports. Oh, why would you watch MLS? We could root for Chelsea Football Club. Yeah, you could root for Chelsea Football Club. I mean, I mean, you could also watch the UEFA Championship League as well, too. But I, I'm just I'm looking at it as, all right, you're, you've got all this great talent, and if this company folds and collapses and they decide that, you know, they're not going to, they're not gonna that that they have to close this close door. It's gonna be it's gonna be a ma- major rip, rippling effect in sports. Yes. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting to see how all that will you know play. Now you're you're more in tune with the media side, given your collegiate and professional you know background. Yeah, um, I'm a little more ignorant to it, but it is interesting to see that what. What will happen with all that? Yeah, because it's weird to see a company like that who purchases the rights to the Fox Sports brand. They shut everything all down to Fox Sports at the end of the middle part of the season for a lot of teams, and then they introduce Valley Sports. It comes into play, and now with the aspect of gambling and everything like that, and then not even a full year after the Valley's transfer of power, they file bankruptcy. And now puts a lot of small market teams and small markets out of out of out of contention from you know for showing games because I mean if you think about it Nick I know you your team plays in a in a in a big market the White Sox play in a big market but they're the juggernaut unfortunately I have to say it the juggernaut is down, is up on the red further up on the red line which is the Cubs because the Cubs yes. are a household name so everybody wants to see the Cubs. And so yes. they don't want to see the the team from the south side, right? So the so if the small market team, let's let's just say with this whole Bally situation, you know, if it does go into play and it does shut everything down, you know, you're not going to see the you're not going to be able to see the White Sox play the Guardians, the Reds, or the Tigers because. Those games are blacked out. The only way that you could see them would be either to go to the ballpark or to you know get um, get ML get the MLB TV and watch it watch the Chicago feed. Yeah. See, luck, luckily, uh, Chicago, the Chicago, except for the Cubs, they're on marquee. Is that you know, the Sox, the Bulls, and the Hawks? They're on CBS, you know, uh, NBC Sports, NBC. which NBC is not going bankrupt you know, anytime soon. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be it's it's just going to be an interesting development, to say the least. Uh, wanted to make mention of this really quickly. You know, my my wife and I have been playing a lot of Switch, and uh, we actually just purchased the booster pack for the Mario Kart series, and oh, nice. so we've got we're we're getting all the new track, we're getting all the old tracks, and it brought it brought back a lot of memories of when you and I used to play 
the Wii and we would play Mario Kart and they had like Coconut Mall and DK Summit and all that and I just remember those times so I was I thought of you when I was playing those games the other night with my wife and that was pretty cool Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, that 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 reminds you of yeah. myself. So, so if anything, I know we just came off of uh, came off of Mario Day on 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 last Friday. Um, do you want to share anything that you think that you know Nintendo is going to be coming out with in the time soon that you hope that they come out with? Yeah, I was kind of hoping that they would release a uh, a game to go along with the new Super Mario Brothers movie that's coming out next month, but. Uh, you know, Nintendo just had a direct where they uh, released their upcoming first half, you know, game schedule, and nothing really tickling my fancy. They added more games to the online. Uh, they added Game Boy games, and Game Boy Advance games, and that kind of stuff. But uh, oh yeah, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna I'm, ask I'm you. I'm trying to find uh, time to to play my my backlog. You know, I got. Mario 3D World for Switch for Christmas from uh, basically my my mother in law for you know we're not married but for a lack of better words mm-hmm. and uh, I I haven't even got too far into that I don't really have time to play much anymore which, you know like like I said with you know haven't had time to play watch sports I also have the time to really yeah really game I, I have currently been playing the OG Legend of Zelda game I've been using a an online map and guide and actually I've been playing on my Wii U. Okay. Uh, we got the Wii U out. Nice. So the Wii U is at uh my lady's house and I've been you know, she goes to the store for, you know, an hour. I say, Well I'm gonna plug in the Wii U and you know play some Zelda. There you go. Hour, <laughs> you know. I, I, I like the fact the Switch came out with the idea for the uh for the Game Boy games and the Game Boy Advance, it brings back Tetris back and Wario Land and and all the other game uh, all the other games. Um, I I can't wait for them to release out of the Game Boy games the the Pokemon game, the trading card oh, yeah. game. I, I cannot I wait like, for that. I feel like that's that's coming in due time. I, I'm not sure quite when yet, but I have a strong feeling. Um, actually, if you. Uh, if you go on to my YouTube channel about a month ago or so, maybe three weeks ago, I did stream uh, Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. So my laptop was stolen, so I can't stream off a computer anymore. Yeah, I just hooked my phone up against uh, you know, a tray and recorded live off my phone. So the quality isn't that great. If you got like an hour to kill, you know, you always can check that out on my yeah. YouTube channel, Nick of Eprey. Uh, that brought back memories. I remember I used to borrow that game from the neighbor up the street. Yeah, and would play uh, play that game. But like I said, my my gaming uh, has been very limited, which is okay. I'm not like complaining about it. You know, it's it's worth the trade off. You know, yeah. <clears throat> you know, a happy family life mm-hmm. that means you know an hour of gaming a month, and I'm okay with that trade off. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's been a while. I when I, I moved into this into the new man cave here in the new studio, I built the game system down here. I mean, I I play my PlayStation PlayStation. I have the PlayStation Three hookup, as well as the place. Ooh. At that point of the interview, unfortunately, Nick's phone cut out and we couldn't reconnect with him, but he continued the talk. And text message us after the show was done 
saying that we would be able to do a game night soon enough. So I want to thank my former broadcast partner, Nick the Muddy Man DeVera, for joining us on tonight's special edition of All Andy Elford. We will be back on the air on Thursday morning for a special edition of All Andy Elford to get you set for the round of 64 in the March Madness Tournament. Remember to head over to ESPN.com slash Bracket Challenge and look under the group page AAA Bracket 2013 to enter into the Bracket Challenge. Other news and notes to pass along for you guys tonight, of course. Jackets are getting ready to start their game this evening against the San Jose Sharks. They're halfway through the second period. The Jackets are up 4-3 to three after 40 minutes. We'll see if the Jackets can pull out the victory. If they lose, they continue to tank for Bernard. If they win, San Jose takes a little bit of the possession of the, the final, the first pick in the draft. But we'll see what happens. But I want to, get, again, thank my broadcast partner, Nick the Money Man DeVera. If you want to follow more about him, following him on Twitter, which is at Nick of Ebre. It is Nick of Ebre, as well as on YouTube. Find him as the find him on that same name and page. Well, like I said, we'll be back on the air with you guys next this upcoming Thursday morning for a special edition of All Andy Alfred as we get you set for the round of 64 in the March Madness tournament. Until I talk to you guys on Thursday, this is Andy Alfred saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together, the game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets, go Walleye, go Falcons, go Tigers, Indians, Tigers, Guardians, excuse me, Reds, and Muttens. And remember to hit it straight, because more birdies and less bogeys, because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great evening, everybody. I hope you enjoy the podcast right here on the Spotify Network. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network right here on Spotify. You've listened to the show on the plethora of platforms, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen to the show and whenever you listen to the show, thank you so much for tuning into the show. As always, you can follow our show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com. All, all sports lines are provided by Barstool Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit GamblingCenter.com. The podcasts are recorded right here on Spotify.